It's the first week of season four. Our contestants are creating an audio drama podcast where they teach us a little bit about themselves, all while trying to get to know each other for the first time. Will the project managers be able to rally their teams? Let's find out on this episode of America's Next Top Podcast. From America's Next Top Podcaster, a show that combines a masterclass in podcasting with a weekly competition, I'm Bobby Frankenberger. This week, we're following our three newly formed teams after they were given their very first challenge. Our contestants must write, perform, and edit an audio drama podcast where they teach us about themselves as contestants. They have a maximum length of 10 minutes to work with. They have five days to do it. Oh, and before they can even get started, they have to get to know each other because they're complete strangers. If that sounds hard, it's because it is. But don't worry. Each team has a member who's been designated the project manager of their team and will lead them to a successful end. At least that's the hope. Speaking of, let's start by checking in on Team 1. Their project manager, September McCrady, is trying to get to know her teammates and brainstorm ideas for an audio drama that will teach the judges a little bit about who they are. (laughs) Hello? Hello. Hi, Ken. How are you? I don't know how to record this. Is it Theo or Theo? 90% certain he said Theo. I forgot everything about everyone else, though. Is he here? (laughs) And Ken, do you prefer Ken or Kenny? Either one. I usually get called Ken, but I use Kenny as my like podcasting nom okay. de plume. <laughs> okay, so Ken's gonna write and channel to sound design, and I am uh, the project well, manager. And what's left? Um, editing. It, so <laughs> Theo's Theo's editing. <laughs> is he is he here? He better get in here. <laughs> This is how you get stuck editing. I was kind of, I, I might have zoned out a little bit after hearing the assignment. And I was thinking about, uh, I've been watching um, a lot of mockumentaries. So I was wondering, could we do something like, um, like we're a podcast gang? And, uh, you know, we could call it Podcast Alley. We hang out in Podcast Alley and we're a gang and we fight other podcasting gangs. <laughs> and like we could talk about like, like, um, I don't know, like gang things like, I don't know, drive by shootings or whatever. Okay, podcast. Maybe not so dark. What, whatever's best, especially if we, I mean, as far as editing, I'm, I'm going to figure it out, you know, uh, baptism of fire. And just because like we have roles but like i can be junior assistant intern to the editor you know (laughs) like i can i can help out and whatever i guess that's it unless we have more pitches right now i might be full of pitches tomorrow the thing i have a commitment to is the mug the very last mug club for my friends that have to close their brewery that's sad it is it is heartbreaking this place has been like second living room in my town. Um, but yeah, the pandemic yeah. really changed. Friends, too friends much. of mine decided they'd open a bar just before COVID. It, it's just the worst possible time. I know we're, we're kind of on the wrap up end, but we just kind of three of us have the touchstone of this could be around that. Like the last night drinking at a bar. Closing time. Oh. Yeah. Great idea. Cause like sitting at the, we could do it as a wake. Let's get oh. somebody. 
light bulb. Oh, there'd that. be a light bulb above all our heads. Uh, and it's about Johnny, right? Johnny's dying. Um, so it's somebody who's not on any teams. Um, but we could be sitting around having one last drink and talking about this time that that happened and the other thing happened. And it sneak in real stuff about ourselves and our stories. Um, Ken, you're writing, and I feel like this is heavy on you, making this a drama. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, but like, I, I can't be writer next week, so, you know. <laughs> right, but we're being judged on, you're ultimately responsible for that. I want to help all of us be the best place we can be in. We need that beginning, middle, end story structure. I'm really glad you brought that up. My my thing is, we're always going to think our own little facts about ourselves are more interesting than the listener will. If you've ever had like a coworker who's constantly talking about their kids, like you think, yeah, your kids are great, but like, I'm never going to be as interested in your kids as you are. It, it needs a story, I think, where we can pepper in the facts. When we were kind of rolling with the wake idea, I, I've never been to a wake, but when more alcohol is consumed or and the night wears on, that's when more honesty comes out, right? And that's but, something that... I think is really interesting and compelling about the the wake spark that we all went, oh, even if you've never been to a wake, like we've all lost someone. How you deal with the community around that is what a wake is. I think all of us have this. Like somebody dies yeah. and you're like, you want to go to the funeral, but like then you're yeah. going to go and not know anyone else. And that weird societal, like, who the hell am I? Yeah. Bringing it out in yourself. And it, it's only in your head because no one else is looking and saying, you know, she doesn't belong here. You know, all the advice I've ever heard or gotten is, is to you know, literally just to write what you know. Like, what kind of conversations have you had? Yeah. Or think about the kind of conversations you've had at a funeral. Yeah. Or that you wanted to have. Oh, it looked like Team 1 had narrowed down to a concept that they liked. Every week, each team gets 10 minutes to talk to Tom Merritt, host of Daily Tech News Show, who coaches them to making the best episode of which they are capable. And Team 1 didn't want to finalize any of their plans until they got their feedback from Tom. Hi, Tom. Hey, welcome to Season 4, Team 1. Thank you. Hello. Um, well, we bounced around. It's intro week, a bunch of ideas. And the first one that we all went, ooh, on was uh, it being at a wake so that everybody gets a chance to, you know, share a little bit of our own story around uh -huh. a fictional dead person. We're attending the wake, like we're going to a pub where uh, one of us who actually is a bartender, uh, Theo, you know, said, hey, let's okay. all drinks because mm -hmm. old Johnny died. And we get to know each other a little bit. And the story structure we plan to use, regardless of the setting we end up choosing, um, the wake is kind of the front runner, is addressing an imposter syndrome and like the three phases of like, what am I doing here? Mm -hmm. And then dropping your facade. And then that acceptance of I belong being the beginning, middle, end arc 
for the structure of the story. I, I, I love the wake idea. It's very the big chill, uh, you know, where you have wasn't Kevin Costner, the body in that great. movie. That is a great structure in which to to explore people's personalities. And the imposter syndrome thing is a really nifty uh, layer of icing on top of that uh, in sort of a, just addressing, you know, more than just like, I am a bartender from Kentucky. You're, you can like reveal parts of your personality. I think this is a really good concept. I was thinking um, like maybe we, within 10 minutes, can, can we really lean into that vulnerability and, uh, you know, make the judges hopefully sob uncontrollably. Yeah. If you're, you got to be efficient uh, with, with your punches, but if you pick the right ones, yeah, maybe. Production-wise, your sounds just need to be accenting. A great example of that is in Star Trek, you never really notice the ship sound until it's gone. And then you then you realize there was this kind of background noise. So that that's how I would treat the bar sounds, you know, keep them really subtle, keep them in the background. Yeah, I was thinking just really, really low background noise so that it just has the ambience of we're in a public place. Yeah, barely even know. If you're if you're trying it and you're like, oh, it just it feels like it's interrupting the flow, uh, get rid of it and and just just have, you know, the the kind of subtle background sound. Uh, you'll know. You'll know if it's working. And if it works, keep it because the flow of the story is going to be your important part. Okay. Really focus on telling the sto- your stories so that the judges feel like they really did get to know you. And that will make for a stronger story. You've got great concepts. You're way ahead of the game on concepts. Don't get too distracted by production elements and music and, and you know, keeping it witty. Uh, those That will come. Nice meeting you, Tom. After some focusing advice and a pep talk from Tom, Team One, September, Ken, Theo, and Sean Wyland get to figuring out what story they want to tell so that their writer, Ken, can get into that script. I I have time constraints about any of it because it's like getting through the story three times or four times so that each of us has that process happen to us unless you write it in a way where we're talking to each other for the story well, to progress. That's what I'm thinking, is is we are introducing ourselves to each other at, at the wake. So we don't know each other, and that way we can, you know, pepper that all in with little facts about us. Theo, when would you say you felt like an imposter? Like, it, going into combat, did you ever feel, I don't belong here? So my imposter syndrome, as far as the military, is kind of twofold. So when I joined, I you know was starting a family, and I kind of needed somewhere to focus myself in a career. So I joined the Air Force, and I took I took the job of basically a vehicle operator, heavy equipment operator. So when the Air Force got tasked to aid the Army with convoys. That was the first part of it, because I was like, well, you want me to do what now? Ken, I think at the first meeting you were asking if we were the ones, all of our voices have to be in the podcast, but we don't have to say our own facts about ourselves. And I just, it, it popped into my head that like, if if Theo's the one who like, well, you know, Johnny always thought this about you, like kind of that drawing us out of our own who am I to be here and why? And it's kind of the purpose of 
of having wakes and having these gatherings at funerals in a lot of ways, like as humans, when we have that survival's, survivor's guilt situation going on, learning those stories helps ease that pain and fill those gaps. Does anybody else believe, I believe wholeheartedly that they said that this has to be a fiction because otherwise we could just have a meeting where we talk about how we felt applying (laughs) to be on this show (laughs) and then getting in and it would be a perfect episode. (laughs) Make it in your own voice and, and maybe lean into how vulnerable you can get. Like you were saying, September, it's easy for you to cry. If you can cry while we press record, then we're on to something. Ken was finished with the script and the team was recording their audio so that Theo and Sean Weiland could finish up with editing and sound design. While the team was getting the work done, project manager September McCready sat down with me to talk about the responsibility of leading her team. Well, here we are. It's week one and I'm talking to... September of the Team One, um, the project manager for Team One. Tell me about that experience. How have you been approaching um, managing this team of podcasters? Managing is such a yucky word, right? <laughs> so it's yeah, yeah. it's the best leaders are listening. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. and and these guys have been all fantastically responsive about you know, like okay. Let's make a list. Okay, who wants to do this? All right, let's assign it. Or trading a role that had to happen at the very beginning. But you know, I listen and they take off. So yeah, it sounds like it sounds like you are managing the project, but you're you're taking a team leader approach to it, right? Yeah, that's that's a philosophy I believe in. So it's how I'm trying to handle this. I never want anyone to feel run over because you're not going to get anyone's best work when they feel that way. You must be doing an all right job at that. I I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you'll find out when the next project manager and how they treat you. (laughs) Yeah. and, And that's another I'm aware of because I am used to this kind of role and often assumed into it even. Yeah. I mean, it happened to me at campaign school. It took a few days into a group project. People, we were assigning the actual titles, and people were like, "Duh, you're the campaign manager." I'm like, <laughs> "Well, I wasn't doing it on purpose." Well, have you? So, have you noticed any strengths of people on your team? Like any anything that stands out? Well, we ended up with a fantastic balance of of strengths. I think uh, I've listened to some of the shows that the other guys are on, and. Uh, with Sean's experience, his uh, editing and and sound tech is so on point. Mm-hmm. And you know, Theo's been doing his own for a long time, but is go- wants to learn more and is interested in the soundscaping. So we've kind of got them coordinating. And Ken is doing the writing. And just from the way he started talking about story, he knocked out a script after we talked to Tom last night. He said by end of day today, and we got it this morning. Well, it's very exciting to see what you guys put together for your first week. And um, nobody's going home, so you've got that. Like, like, like there's no s- scary thoughts about who's going home. So uh, does that make you feel better? It makes me feel very conscious and responsible about being the manager like making Mm -hmm. sure everyone gets what they need to do their best job. Like 
I'm not going to throw somebody under the bus by not telling them something they're doing wrong. Right. Right. It's my team. I want them to prop me up when it's my turn and I'm screw it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'm going to let you get back to work. You've got a couple more days until it's got to be turned in and I can't wait to hear it. September. Uh, good luck. Thanks, Bobby. Let's hear a quick sample from Team One's audio drama submission entitled One Last Drink. This week on One Last Drink, Old John's Wake. Hi, I'm here for John's Wake. Are these seats free? They are. Uh, please have a seat. I'm September. Theo, this seems like a great pub. I bet John really loved it here. So you knew John... Yes, we served in the military together. We met in Iraq. It was a joint task force. He was Army and I was Air Force. But we ran convoys together and hit it off. We were split up when I transferred to Afghanistan, but we never lost touch. Do you live here in Iowa? No, I'm in North Carolina. Bit of a trek, but worth it for John. So how do you... How did you know him? Well, it's all right. This is weird, but I met him at a Brit Hamada, which is it's kind of like a bris. That was just a quick taste of Team One's episode submission. If you want to hear one last drink or any of the other team submissions, they'll be found as separate episodes in the America's Next Top Podcaster podcast feed. But for now, let's check out what's going on with Team Two: Casey, Trip, Jason, and Sean Allred. How do you guys want to do this? What are you guys thinking? I think the uh, idea of a, of a, a, a film noir type of thing uh, would work. I, I think it. I think it. It, it lends itself to that because we have to do a drama type thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. No. I. I mean. Yeah. Like noir has kind of you know some interesting beats that we can kind of play with, right? Like you've got the the trumpets and uh, you know usually it's taking place on some sort of like rainy night with some narration so you know the the one the one thing that i'm kind of uh, uh thinking back to is like this idea of maybe you have like the uh you have a, a mystery of something you know something gets stolen or somebody gets shot or something and you're following the detective who is on the case of trying to find the murderer or whatever before or after he talks to a suspect or a witness or something he'll kind of look at the proverbial camera and like you know talk about what he just experienced or like you know um you know like he, he was he was talking to somebody and then he you know he pauses for a second he's like I think he's lying. Things like that. <laughs> you know, the yeah. the best movies and and think about this, the best movies, you know, Casablanca, Maltese Falcon, was it's got to be something funny. It's not something that is obvious. Yeah. And I was sitting there trying to think of funny, not so obvious you know, things that we could have fun with. And I mean, that's the thing, because some of the information, right? Like, Casey, you're like, I like laser discs. And like, uh, Sean, you know, you're like, I play brass instruments. And then, you know, like, I like had made this movie one time. And so like, when you start actually trying to think about making like a traditional sort of, um, you know, mystery crime thriller narrative, like if we play with this, but make it kind of funny and like lean into a little bit, but kind of split the difference, maybe we can get away with all of this, you know, kind of have our cake and eat it too. Um, so, you know, that's just, I think the real big thing when it comes to the performances that we're going to give 
is we just want to make sure that, you know, we really lean into that energy, um, you know, because everything is played so straight. I think the performances can be very exaggerated, you know, plus, you know, filmmaking from that time was very exaggerated as it was. It was coming off of theater. Um, you know, there was a lot of very loud exclamations and such. And so, um, you know, when you watch these movies, like the actors aren't being subtle, maybe bogey is, but he's, he's very much the exception. Um, don't speed through them. You know, definitely that's a, that's a big thing is just making sure that, you know, we, we take the time to articulate, hit the right beats. Um, so we'll see if we can do old bogey justice, man. Uh, it's a, it's a <laughs> quite a bar, but we'll do our best. Team 2 settled into a film noir theme for their audio drama pretty quickly. When it came time for them to talk to their podcast coach, Tom Merritt, for the first time, they were ready to try and sell him as hard as they could on the film noir idea. Tom, however, had some concerns. Welcome to Season 4, Team 2. Hello, thank you. Uh, So, all right, here's what we kind of came up with. We called it the Ivory Microphone. And I'll give you a little bit of the synopsis here. In an on-the-nose reference to Humphrey Bogart, our protagonist is Bogey, a 1940s-era gumshoe who acts and speaks like it. When our story kicks off, he has already accepted an assignment from a femme fatale to look for a fabled relic of unprecedented value known as the Ivory Microphone, itself a reference to the Bogart classic, The Maltese Falcon. Uh, This will ultimately be a light satire in that everything will be played straight, but much of the info will be ridiculous with the context of the production and hopefully funny. All right, going for funny, uh, week one. Bold, bold move, Cotton. Uh, Being funny is high risk, high reward, because it's very hard for everyone to consider you funny. Uh, It's just really hard to do. So if you can nail it, then it's great. And the judges will be excited and like, oh my gosh, that was hilarious. Most teams don't get that reaction. Most teams, when they try to be funny, end up getting somebody going, that wasn't that funny. So what are, you were talking about jury, like what kinds of things did he, you know, find funny? What kind of things did he not find funny? I I don't know. I, I I really don't. It's just really difficult to predict, you know, what one person is going to find funny. You, you just got to paint with a broad brush and hope, hope you hit it because you might, if you tailor this to Justin, you might leave out the other judges who are like, man, it didn't work for me. It would be a whole other course to try to teach comedy. Uh, it's just something to be aware of when you're, when you're going for that. Sure. So there, we have four different situations with all four of us. Uh-huh. Uh, the first one is with Trip. It's a, at a place called the Golden Lamb. It's a, it's a speakeasy. Uh, it's got 1920s jazz in it. The bartender is Trip. Uh, and then Bogey in- interrogates him on the ivory microphone. He's trying to find the ivory microphone. And then he uh, divulges the three facts about Trip at that time. And that's kind of how it's going to go with everybody. Where, yeah, yeah. That's a great device. I like you that. Know. Yeah, and part, and, you know, and part of the enjoyment, too, is that, like, it's really just a, like more of like a playing in this world with this aesthetic, right? Like, when people come to you and it's like, oh, my fact is, like, I collect 200 laser discs. Okay, well, I can't exactly weave that into the context of, like, a real murder mystery, along with some of the other stuff that's come up, right? So where it's like, okay, well, if we just kind of play into, like, they're playing it straight, but, you know, some of the information is maybe a little silly or something like that. So so the there's a few tricks here. First of all, I can tell you're leaning into silly already, which is the most dangerous way to lean. Uh, but you don't want to be half silly. You don't want to be serious yes. part of the time and silly part of the time. 
What about production? What about sound design, editing, all that stuff? We're going to try build the ambiance with each, with each scene, you know, when he goes into the, the jazz club, you'll hear a little music going on in the background and you'll, you'll kind of hopefully hear, you know, like glasses clanking stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, my only advice there, that all sounds right on is uh, just, just make sure you balance it so that it doesn't overwhelm, you know, because yeah. the, the, the star of the show is, is the narrative. Uh, mm-hmm. You want the sound to, to serve the narrative, not distract from it. Um, but that all sounds good. Despite warnings from their coach, Team 2 decided to continue down the silly path of comedy anyway. After some work on scripting, they met again to talk about some details regarding how Trip and Sean Allred would split up editing and sound design responsibilities, and a few notes on how to perform their audio play. For Trip, since you're editing, um... My my role is a, as quote unquote sound designer. Would you like to either me give you the clips and you put them in, or the way I kind of figured it would be is you edit the dialogue the way that it needs to go, and then I'll add the clips in. However you want to do it, and I was curious about that too. I got nothing but time. Trip, if you edit the voice, then I'll add the sound effects. And of course, before I submit it, of course we're gonna all listen to it. And if anybody has a, oh, I don't, I don't think that that works there, then, then we'll, you know, certainly go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the, the one thing that I will say that, like, I don't, you know, I typically run into with um, these sort of like productions um, is just the mixing. Sean, I think you're, you're actually, you're like, you do mixing, right? Yeah, my, my, one of my jobs is to be an audio mixer. Yeah. Okay. I'm good with yeah. that. Cool. Yeah. That'll <laughs> work for us, dude. So I, as long I, as we have a pro to check our levels uh, before we actually submit it, man, we're good. Yeah. Um, if, you know, the performance isn't quite there um, or, you know, the sometimes like when, you know, I'm doing voices, like they might slip a little bit. Um, if you notice uh, as we're recording that um, as far as my performance is concerned, don't be afraid to correct me. I'm kind of going for like a pretty unique voice here. If you notice it's slipping and I need to do it again, um, please just let me know. Um, you can always reach back out to me. I could, I have capabilities of re-recording these at home. Um, I do a radio show with my daughter. My daughter is the host, and I, I send her a script, and I have to sit there and listen to her read it. And if she does something wrong, I'll say, take that line again, please. Yeah. And, 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 and just and, and, and then redo the line. And it's not gonna, you know, it's not gonna uh, impede on the performance, and it'll just be an easy pickup at that point. All of Team Two, Casey, Trip, Jason, and Sean Allred had their jobs to do, and they set out to get them done. In the midst of recording and editing, their project manager Casey Jerombeck took some time to chat with me about their team's progress and his approach to managing their efforts. All right. Well, here I am with Casey, uh, the the project manager for Team Two. Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. You guys are hard at work getting stuff done. You're called Team Two right now because we don't have a team name for you. Right. Brian said your team names were going to be based on whatever the title of your podcast was. Do you have something mm-hmm. for that? I do actually, and it's it's I really love it because um, it not only goes with the story, but it also is kind of it goes with the whole with the podcast and it kind of it's uniform or it's universal uh and we're calling it the ivory microphone it goes with like film noir uh genre is kind of how you're approaching this right right it's 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 a film noir slash mystery where you know you're you're kind of going along with the with the narrator who's also the main lead and he's going through the story and 
So how's it been going um, being the project manager and and getting everybody organized and on track and, and keeping the project moving? How's, how's the team been? How have you guys been jiving and how has that been for you? You know, it's it's been great. Um, as right after we got put into the team, there was kind of a little, I'll say a little bit of conflict between me and, and another teammate because um, I felt like they were kind of taking the ball and just running away with it. Mm. Um, but I kind of, I cut myself in and I just said, you know what, uh, this week is mine. I said, here's what we're going to do. I also kind of, I, I, I made it so that like my decision was last, but I also gave them input. I feel like that's important. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, from then on, I, things just kind of came to me and I was just like, you know, I think we should do this. This is why, what do you think? I took their, their input, but I did it the best way that I thought it should be done. I feel like that's how I lead in a situation like this is I love to get other people's in- input. I love to know. I like to get new ideas because I have ideas. I have plenty of ideas, but there's, mm-hmm. there's granted there are guaranteed. There's, there's something I haven't thought of. And, you know, we're, we're kind of throwing this idea against the wall and yeah. if the judges like it, they like it. If not, then, you know, we'll take that into the next couple weeks at least and you know kind of form it around what they do like and then you know well thank you for sitting down with me casey and uh good luck to you and the ivory microphones (laughs) thank you very much i appreciate it let's go ahead and take a quick listen to a sample from the ivory microphone Blistered Gums Children's Chewing Tobacco presents a Team 2 production, The Ivory Microphone. The date, 1900 and something. The place, anywhere USA. I'd been on the case for three months without even a whiff of a scent of an odor. I knew Dame Deborah was trouble when she first entered my office, but within minutes, there I was, accepting her offer against my better judgment to find that most elusive of treasures, the ivory microphone. Last, but certainly not least, we come to Team 3, Kelly, Bill, Key, and Sean White. They got together for the first time, and Kelly, their project manager, started thinking about who would fit into each role that needed to be filled for their team. So, Kelly, you are officially the, the woman in charge. You have the right to say, that's a great idea, we're not going to use it. Oh, I am an I am an editor, like for books. I have no problem doing that. Okay. Oh. Um. So I'm glad it's a story this time. That's my expertise. Yeah. So that'll be fun. So quite frankly, since Bill isn't here, what do you two want to do for next time? Do you, um, so we need a writer, we need an editor, and we need someone to make sure the sound, sound is awesome. Design. In this respect, I feel most comfortable writing. I have done script okay. writing before. Um. So I. That's probably the the role that I would feel most comfortable with. I will get out of my comfort zone, I guess, and um, do a little bit of editing and putting things together. Well, do you want to do the sound design? Like one way or another, you're learning something new, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I have access to like an entire audio library for music. And well, in that case, I think sold. You should be sound design. So right. we need to make sure Bill knows. So I will message him. So um, Bill's sure going. He knows. He's going to be do editing. That he's, he is doing editing. Yes. Well, I I do have a suggestion that came to mind right away. I was thinking like detective noir. Exactly. Okay. Murder mystery. 
Here, here's the rule with writing. When you come up with your first idea, throw it away. Second idea, throw it away and do your third. <laughs> oh. So what about instead of the um, detective, it is the game host who is the noir voice? Hmm. That, that actually would be a very interesting mix of genres because it could it could be a noir style of narration and feel but it could be like a almost like a dating game game show the the one thread that i always did for all of my projects was simple but not plain and we have to consider you have to write it so yeah we want to make sure to hit your style as well yeah well since bill said he does voices i think it would be okay if he did that i'm okay with that if kai is Right? That's it's let's use our strengths, right? Yeah. Um I, I'm only good at being me, so <laughs> it, it's kind of hard for me to do other characters. I write okay. them all the time, but yeah. I don't narrate my even my own work, right? Yeah. I hire a professional. So just like having at least one fact in each of those three categories, and those would be the facts that we convey during the show. Okay. I like the three facts thing. Um, the only thing I'm not hearing is what are the stakes? There has to be a stakes mm. for the narrator. Like what is at stake for them? That's where the drama okay. actually comes from. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that just And that the stake could be like he has to do it, right? He's winning. He's never, it, you know, it could be as simple as he's never won anything in his life. And this was it. He's in the lead. He's finally there. He's going to win this. His wife will love him again. His dog will come back. His kids will respect him and want them to drop him off at school. You know, like these kind of things. He's getting it all back now. He's in the lead. This is easy. No problem. There's only one set left. And then he was like, wait, I wasn't paying attention to any of that stuff. I'm going to lose it all now. I don't understand yeah. what's happening right now. For now, I'm going to run away and then I'll, I'll figure out how we can get with Bill. And then he can always listen to the recording as well. Team three was on their way. They narrowed down their idea to some sort of a game show in which the contestants would need to remember facts about each other and answer questions correctly about each other to win. The next step of the journey was to meet with their podcasting coach, Tom Merritt, to find out if he had any input on their concept. Welcome to season four, team three. Thank you very much. Yay. I want to do kind of a game show feel the basic scene that we're trying to set is it's a going to be the final round of a like a almost like a jeopardy style trivia show but we're going to implement voiceover from the perspective of one of the contestants uh bill is going to be that contestant he's going to be that voice uh so periodically throughout this this uh section uh, he's going to start getting real introspective while the rest of us are actually in the game show and sean will be the host yes all right. That, I, I, I love this concept, Kelly, because uh, it's it's a cool way to to bring uh, everybody in in a natural way where you're going to have to ask them questions. Uh, mm-hmm. Are are y'all planning to do the the sort of like, you know, oh, and our first contestant, where are you from? That kind of stuff. Well, we were kind of thinking of cutting it to the end, right? The more dramas, the later you start and that yeah. this is the final round. So they are winning and the narrator is so excited, which will be Bill. So I, if I just say Bill, that's why I'm saying Bill. So Bill okay. is really excited. <laughs> He's been winning. This is great. He really needs this win. Um, you know, his wife's mad at him and they're like, why didn't you pick up the kids? And well, he's at this game show and he has to win. So he's all excited about it. And then everything goes wrong in this final round. So we're just going to cut right to the final round. Gotcha. Well, that's, that's good because you only got 10 minutes. So it, right. it narrows yeah. the focus. Uh, yep. it's a, it's a great device for introducing people. Uh, mm-hmm. so tell me a little bit about the sound design, the, the production elements. 
Well, uh, pretty much. Uh, it's, you know, obviously the basic audio beds and all that fun jazz. But I was actually thinking of um, um, using that as a way of determining where we are kind of mentally in the story. So when there's the introspection kind of like monologue um, narrator stuff, that's actually going to go into kind of a jazz noir sound where it's just that kind of, um, you know, French horn stab and, and, and thought because he's going to be thrown for a loop. You are light years ahead of every other person thinking about sound. Like you, you are nice. That, that is you. That is winning mentality that you've got where you're not, you're not just thinking about what elements to use. You're thinking about how to use them properly, how to use them to signal, how to use them to tell the, tell the story. Uh, Kelly, you've got a handle on the organization. Sean, I can tell you've got this concept nailed. I, I like this idea. You, you've thought through uh, the implications and how to best tell it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what else I can do to help you other than to say, go make beautiful podcast. With a glowing review and high expectations from their podcasting coach, Team 3, now named the Questionable Champions, began hammering out a script while their project manager, Kelly, sat down to talk to me about what it's like to lead a team of total strangers. Well, here we have it's week number one, and I'm meeting with Team 3's project manager, Brian Ibbett wanted you guys to name your podcast, your audio drama, and whatever that name was, was going to be your team name. So what is that? It is Questionable Champions. Sean White came up with that as he was writing the script, and it's brilliant. We were all like, oh yeah, I love that name. It's perfect. It really is. It's a great teammate name because it's very, <laughs> it's it's fun, it's light. Uh, but I want to ask, so you're the project manager. How has that been going for you? How is the, is that a role that you 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 fit into very easily? Well, I do run my own publishing company. So I am used to managing people, but typically I manage people I know. So the weirdest part about this is I, you know, we don't really know each other yet. So we're still trying to figure out what, you know, what we do, what, what everyone's strengths are, where, where we belong, where our sense of humor is, where, you know, all of those kind of fitting with other people's schedules. So that kind of thing, it's, it's just new. I think this will get easier. Hopefully by week three, whoever's the project manager, it'll be easier for them because now we know each other. With what I have listened to, I think you do a really great job of, of directing people, but also encouraging them um, in a very positive way. Is that just a natural thing for you? Um, I, I don't know. That's very kind of you to say. Um, yeah. your, your check's in the mail. Um, the, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, like I said, I'm just running it like I do my business. So just trying to, we were all, equal, even though I'm running it, I'm running it right now because I was told you were the project manager. I haven't earned this. Right, right. So I am trying to stay on equal grounds with everyone because we are all new. We're all doing this. You know, if we'd gone through some kind of process and they voted me project manager, that would be different. Well, it sounds like you are, you guys are on your way, Kelly. And I think, um, I think the team is in good hands. Woohoo. Let's hope they feel that way too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, good luck the rest of this week. And I can't wait to hear what you guys have put together this weekend. Excellent. Thank you so right. much. With only a couple of days left until their submission was due, the team knew that they needed to put the final tweaks on their script. I think I figured out a relatively organic way of being able to incorporate the the statement for everyone, including myself. Uh, Sweet. 
So instead of using my statements, the host statements as a uh, an example at the beginning of the round, mm-hmm. it's a tiebreaker at the end of the round. The only thing that I have not finished with is whether or not Bill wins or loses. Well, um, I, I think, you know... I, in the same vein as like you know the Twilight Zone or something, he's he's kind of the, this version of me is kind of a flawed character, so he should probably get some sort of comeuppance at the end. So, uh, so I don't you, know. I, I could I could I could see an argument for him him to lose in some way that kind of puts him in his place a little bit. With well, you know, he could even win and then be disqualified. That would be even better. <laughs> yeah, actually, that'd be like you know he, he gets it, but then no, he doesn't really get it because he you know karma's really a bitch. It. Yeah, like. <laughs> Actually, like, uh, for, especially for, for these online improvs, sometimes I like to let them just, like, drift off a little bit and yeah. see if they'll get... Sometimes they'll come back around and go somewhere completely new. Yeah. Some, and just remember, sometimes the best acting is not acting at all. Oh, I'm not acting. Believe me. That's... Like I said, sometimes that, that works, so... Let's take a quick listen to a sample of Team 3's entry for the Week 1 Challenge. Wow, these muffins are amazing. Oh, I'm so glad you like them. It's a new recipe. That is awesome. What made you think to put the blueberries in there like that? I'm just trying to figure out how you ate the muffins when you are a hologram. Hey, can you guys cover up the muffins, please? Blueberries are very distracting, and I'm trying to practice my winner speech because I'm going to be the winner. Oh, oh, they're starting. And welcome back to Questionable Champions. I'm your host, Sean White. We're just about to start our final round, but first, let's give you a quick recap. Currently in the lead with $2,000 is Bill with his dominance of our classic film. Hello, Hammond again. This time I'm going to tell you about the plugin that revolutionized how I work. When I'm working on shows like America's Next Top Podcasting Idol or even doing interviews or combining various audio sources like music and interviews and then external audio from somewhere else, those levels are always going to be a little bit off. Waves has come up with a way to normalize all of them without a whole lot of internal tweaking and automation. The automation is built in automatically to the Waves playlist writer. What you do is you stick this at the at the end of your effects chain, right before you put in the WLM plus meter that I talked about last time, and you can set the gain, you can set your target luffs, and then it just runs. And it, it makes the adjustment to stay within the the range that you set. If you have a target of 17 luffs, minus 17 luffs, it stays at minus 17 luffs. If you want music to go under your vocals, uh, bed music, you put it on the bed music setting and it runs perfectly. So it keeps the music low and the voice high. Like I said earlier, this changed the way that I do my shows because I used to worry all the time about music being too loud and making things where I'm transitioning, things would get all out of whack or on podcasting idol, someone's mic is super loud. Well, drop this in and it it mitigates that issue automatically. For more information about the Playlist Writer, go to waves.com or click on the show notes below and enjoy the ease of making everything sound professional with doing almost no work. 
Remember, if you want to hear any or all of the team's challenge submissions in their entirety, then you can find them on the podcast feed for America's Next Top Podcaster. In the meantime, we need to head to the stage for the judging of this week's challenge. But before we can do that, as is tradition, let's hear Tom Merritt's last-minute thoughts on the three teams that he coached. This is a really fun challenge, and they all have good approaches to it. Uh, but I think I know who has the advantage. Yeah, it's it's always in the telling, but you got you, you gotta you gotta wait until they've actually done it. All right, um, team one uh, was has an, a great idea with the wake. But what worries is me is that they're still thinking, well, maybe film noir, maybe green room, maybe bingo. Uh, and I, I think they they just need to like focus in and nail it. And I think they have a, a really good concept uh, in any of those. But but the wake seemed to, to be the one that we talked about the most. And I think that's a really solid one and a great device for, for getting to know people. So I, I kind of hope they pick that one. Uh, and I think they've got a, a good shot of, of, of doing great. Team two is going, as I said in their coaching session, the most dangerous route. Uh, it is the route most likely to get people to roll their eyes and say, "That's you think that's funnier than it was, uh, and maybe even distract from achieving the goal. Uh, so I I hope I'm wrong and I hope they prove me wrong. I hope they show me that they're like, yeah, yeah, we know it's high risk, but we were able to do it and do high reward. Uh, but they have the tallest mountain to climb. Team three has the advantage. Uh, team three has really thought through their concept. They have very distinct roles. They're very clear on who's doing what and what the concept is and how the concept interrelates uh, to the point that Key even like was thinking far beyond with the soundscape than I would have thought as a coach. Uh, I, I think they are certainly ahead of the game at this point. Again, it's all in the execution, but... I, I am most confident in what Team 3 is going to throw at me, but I can't wait to listen to all three of them. Greetings and welcome to America's Next Top Podcaster. It's a masterclass in podcasting that put on a pair of glasses with a fake nose and mustache to disguise itself as a reality competition. I'm your host, Brian Ibbett. Tonight on the show, we're going to get our first chance to hear submissions from our 12 contestants, and we're also going to get to know a little bit more about them, both from their shows and with the reviews from our judges. Oh, judges! Yeah, let's introduce them now. Uh, you've heard him on Great Night, Politics, 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 as well as his brilliant documentary podcast, Raise the Dead. From Dog and Pony Show Productions, it's Justin Robert Young. Hello, hello. Good to be back. It's good to have you here, man. Uh, she's an award-winning writer and producer who's worked not just in podcasting, but also in television, radio, and other digital media. The founder of Infinite Gain, Jenny Josephson. Hello! I'm so excited to be back. It's great to have you here, too. And he's the man behind the Frog Pants Network, the host of the morning stream, Film Sack, There Will Be Dungeons, and the brand new Play Retro, Scott Johnson. Hello, and thank you for having me back. It feels like a long time has passed. It has been a long time, uh, and and so my first question to you is, uh, what have you all done over your summer, vac uh, summer, fall, and winter vacations? <laughs> Same as usual. <laughs> uh, actually, I worked uh, fairly extensively with the winner of last season's uh, America's Next Top Podcaster, Will Saddleberg, and um, he worked on season two of World's Greatest Con, uh, which he did a fantastic job with, and we got a, a whole new show 
that started as the prize for last season and now will be its own series dropping in the next, uh, well, couple months. Excellent. Oh, I'm so excited for uh, for the new season, too. And what is vacation? Yeah. <laughs> well, vacation from this show. Oh. Not vacation from, you know, all your other duties, but... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I did a job. I, I did... Uh, I produced a bunch of roundtables and town halls for... Uh, a, a company and we got to hang out with Tracy Ellis Ross and Pitbull. I showed up on DJ Ooh. Khaled's Instagram feed, which was hilarious. And I produced no podcast. So I'm totally ready to do this show. Oh, do you remember how they're supposed to sound? Like, can you effectively judge a podcast with, with not having so. produced any in the last year? I did year? at <laughs> least host some podcasts, but the, you know, the producing side, I'll have to dig Deep into my memory of the pain and the suffering of the audio waveforms. Jenny, they don't want us to judge these podcasts, <laughs> but we have to judge these podcasts. Yeah. Week one, baby. We have some round, Another uh, we have some round tables we can have you judge, though. Uh, make sure they're perfectly round. That's right. And, uh, let us know there. Excellent. Well, uh, for our first challenge, we gave our teams the task of creating a podcast that introduced us to each of the members of their team, but uh, doing so implementing a scripted audio drama. And by audio drama, fictional audio could be comedy, could be drama, but the general term is audio drama. Uh, to succeed, we had to learn a little bit about each of you. We had to feature some sort of sound design and, of course, be scripted audio fiction. Did they succeed? Well, uh, judges, what kinds of things are you going to be looking for in tonight's audio dramas? I would like to know more about them by the end of it, because this is a very, very uh, interesting challenge where the theme of what they do is there to set up and enhance what they are trying to get across. And so while this is a drama, it is an informational dump. And uh, we are going to find out who succeeded and who failed oh, miserably. Kind of what I wanted most out of this, I think, is to say it's it's interesting because, you know, this is a hard one. Like mm -hmm. you're starting them off on a hard one. Yeah. Also, always, Brian, yeah, what the what the F, man? Like, <laughs> what's I, was waiting. I thought I thought I was going to get that until halfway through the episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, a, right, it's a difficult right. pick, but um, using only backwards pig Latin, please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just was looking for someone to rise to that occasion and then recognize it, you know, for what it is, that it's hard and it's difficult. And then somebody in one of the teams to just take, you know, either group or, or singular leadership of that group and make something, you know, as close to the requirement as possible and kind of surprise me. And I'm happy to say one did. Ooh, the, the, the tease. I wanted to not dread listening to them, which is to say I have to listen to all 10 minutes of every podcast that we do every week. Right. And I want to be captivated. I want to be excited. I want to like not want it to end. Um, that was my criteria for this week, and one of them met it. Good. All right, let's get things started with Team One, now called One Last Drink. Uh, Sean Wayland, Ken, Theo, and their project manager, September, which means I'm talking to you, September, this week. 
welcome, first of all. Thank you. And uh, tell me, how's the team dynamic this first week? You guys all getting to know each other? Is some stuff rising to the surface? It's really, really great. I, I was telling Bobby the other day, I I couldn't have rolled this team because I normally have lousy rolls. <laughs> so <laughs> the magical randomizer machine worked, and we are all hitting it off wonderfully. Critically hitting it off, apparently. <laughs> all right, well, let's talk about One Last Drink, the show. Tell me uh, about the concept. Well, the concept is that we are all at a wake. Um, we threw around ideas back and forth, and it was the first one that we all had that aha moment, like, ooh, great idea. Because, like, sitting at the, we could do it as a wake. Let's keep oh, it. I, oh, I used there'd that. be a light bulb above all our heads. <laughs> so we're all at old John's wake, and we use John as a device to bring us all together. We talked real life stories and framed it in the context of the imposter syndrome that we're all suffering being here. Yeah. There was, there was a very real rawness uh, to that that you guys, was that a difficult thing for you guys to, to put out there? Yes. I, I'm going to feel confident speaking for most of us. Anyway, there were some, uh, we, we emotions were running pretty high during recording. We had to take a few breaths. Yeah, it was it was hard for me to talk about being a Canadian. I use my Canadianness as a substitution for having a personality. Like really? That's your big fact about yourself? You get slightly cheaper insulin. Well, congratulations. <laughs> well, you you joke and you are more Canadian than a maple zamboni. Uh but you you joke about uh um, tough being talking about being Canadian, but I felt like you put yourself out there in a very vulnerable place and, and uh, it turned into Canadian breakfast club for a second there. Yeah. And I saw how, how well Gidget did with her exotic accent. So I, I just wanted to <laughs> hopefully <laughs> cash in on some of that. Nice job. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, let's get to uh, what our judges thought of this. We're going to start over here with Justin. All right. This was a very challenging challenge because there's a lot that packs into this. And and it's a lot more of a multivitamin than I think people might initially realize. Uh, number one, you have to get information across. This is effectively the same as the reason that they did the cartoon in Jurassic Park to explain like dinosaur DNA, because there's a lot of information that they had to get through in a way that wasn't going to bore everybody to tears. That is really what your job is, is that, and, and for all of these, I, I asked myself, well, what did I know about the people at the end? And I have to say your guys's was the winner in that. I knew more about you than any of the other uh, the other podcast, this, uh, uh, this challenge. So congratulations to you on that. The one thing that I would say that I could ding you guys for is your sound mix, is that it wasn't that it didn't effectively create the universe of this bar that you guys were all meeting at, but rather uh, it, it stayed in almost a documentarian level, uh, which doesn't give you guys the, the utility that a sound design really has, which is, you can lower and pop for whatever you want and and you can accent and uh, highlight dramatic moments because not only is your soundscape 
there to bring people in. But once the brain of the listener is, has accepted that they're in a bar, it, it feels more natural if things drop out when somebody's saying something important, because that's how we interpret those moments in real life. Excellent. Thanks, Justin. Uh, Scott, what'd you think? Well, this one, um, won the week for me. I think they rose to that challenge I talked about earlier that was the difficulty in this, which is take this hard thing for your very first week and go ahead and write something from your gut and produce it in a way that was kind of uncompromising. And as much as you may have thought you were nervous at the time you were making it, I think it came off as the opposite. It felt like a very competent and confident um, effort, especially for your first week. Uh, the start felt like a proper start. I was immediately interested in what are these characters doing and why are they talking to each other and where are they? And like place, character, tone, plot, all of that was 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 immediately either obvious in the beginning or was unfolded in such a way that the pacing felt good. Like it was in a it was a real story. And I was interested in that story. I've said this before in other contexts, but I think September has an amazing voice and is a huge asset to your team. The Canadian bit shouldn't work, but it did. And it also provided some of the most, I don't know, heartfelt stuff of anything I heard this week. I thought that was just all really, really good and believable. And I don't know, I felt like I was just part of a a fly on a wall listening to this cool conversation these people that know each other are having. It got a little thick when you guys piled on the Canadian. (laughs) And I don't mean that that wouldn't have been okay. I just think some of that writing was a little off. Are you kidding us right now? I'm sorry, but that's some bullshit. Excuse me? We're all pouring our souls out, and you're acting like Jar Jar Binks over here. Yeah. Aren't you Canadians supposed to be nice? Just didn't feel earned. Um, but you brought it right back, and it also had the net, the best wrap-up of all three this week. Um, it felt natural. It felt like, yep, we're out of here. It felt like the right timing. It didn't feel awkward or, or last second or any of that stuff. And I thought what little comedy your piece had worked. Overall, this was, for me, easily the, my, my pick of the week. It's very good. Jenny, how about you? What would you think of uh, One Last Drink? So this was the one. This was the one that uh, I could have listened to more of. I never wanted to stop listening. Um, it had a nice, simple premise and a nice, simple presence, right? Like, I, I felt like I like everybody said, like, I got to know you the best. It was not at all difficult for me to understand what was going on. I thought it was a really creative choice to talk about uh, 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 yourself through through another person at their wake, which is like very big chill, right? Uh, and if you haven't seen the big chill, you just remade it. Uh, I really right. enjoyed it. Um, it just felt uh, relaxing and intimate and good. Uh and I was I was happy to hear that level of honesty and that's sort of a level of honesty that I hope uh, everyone will strive towards both. It doesn't have to be personal honesty, but just like a character based honesty in whatever you're doing. And I would say that if you felt nervous while you were doing it, you're, you're probably doing something right. Right. Like if you feel like, oh, I'm so nervous to share or to 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 give this much like that's headed in the right direction and that's a direction that you should definitely um, explore. So anyway, great job. I really, I really enjoyed it. Excellent. Thank you, Jenny. Uh, Very good. One last drink. Thank you very much. We'll uh, see how you did at the end of the show. Let's move over to the ivory microphone. Uh, Jason, Tripp, Sean Allred and project manager Casey. Good to be here. It's good to have you. 
Uh, Casey, you were project manager on this, so Indeed. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. <laughs> First off, tell me about the team dynamic. How is how are things going with uh, with with you four? Uh, you know, I I think that we all have had amazing ideas. I think that we've all been able to uh, agree on one idea. You know, we'll bring something up, whether it's the plot, whether it's you know whatever. We're able to kind of collaborate on it and and kind of come to one. Uh, one decision as a group. That's uh, kudos to you guys for uh, for kind of agreeing on this right from the get go. I think uh, in Tom time, you pretty much had everything nailed down uh, right from then, which was uh, Wednesday. Yeah. So right after we got the assignment, I think I threw out <laughs> the idea of either a film noir or some kind of drama, and then I also kind of added. Um, I threw out the idea of, of having some kind of t- comedic twist, right? I think that, you know, that those two coming together, I think it can be challenging, but it can also kind of pay off. And I think I started to pitch it kind of as a comedy. Like I mentioned that there would be comedy in there. He basically told us to, you know, tread lightly that comedy is either hit or miss. Uh, all right. Tell me about, let's get to the show itself. Tell me about the concept of the ivory microphone. It's kind of a, a, a an old timey kind of, uh, what would you call it? Crime drama. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of in the vein of like our, our main character's name is Bogey, kind of a reference to Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> um, we kind of patterned it after the Maltese Falcon, things like that. You know, our detective was trying to hunt down a prized piece of, of, um, you know, audio gold, so to speak. And he had to go to, you know, three or four different locations, three or four different people, leads, you know, and meet with them and talk to them and try to, you know, uh, get as much information based on how they talk to him as possible. You know, it's, it was a, it was a good way of getting us an introduction to each of the different people on your team. All right, Jason, I got a question for you. As our, yes, as our bogey. Uh, so during Tom time, and, and it's even in the name, you guys said that you were planning on doing a Humphrey Bogart uh, impersonation for the gumshoe <laughs> character. What made you guys switch to a 1930s newsreel uh, character? To find that most elusive of treasures, the ivory microphone. Basically the fact that it turns out that I cannot do a very good Humphrey Bogart. and uh you know and we were talking about it and you know one of the things that we uh really agreed on was just leaning into those comic sensibilities right and that was one of the things that you realize is like doing an authentic humphrey bogart like doesn't it's not as there's not really as much personality as you would think there would be given who it's coming from so like the idea of hanging like a a 10 minute you know which ended up being seven and a half minute sketch on that voice uh, it didn't really seem appealing. So it was like, you know what, if anything, like, let's just, we want people to stay there and have fun with it. This still gets across, like it's of the era and that's, what's most important. Uh, all right. Well, let's get to our judges. We're going to start this time with Scott. All right. Um, this was the one I had the most hope in. I'm a gigantic fan as is Tom, your coach of all things, uh, noir i love film noir i love especially radio play noir i love old 40s and 50s radio plays something about that stuff i just love and i love when they narrate to themselves and talk about the hot dame that just walked into their lives and all that stuff so as a result i also like that voice i think that voice 
And the overall sound design here lacked a little or enough to never quite pull me fully into that aesthetic. It would have been my pick of the week had it had that old timey voice work better with everyone else's voice. They all just sound like normal people. Hey there, pal. What'll it be? What I'd like, sir, is a long, tall glass of ice-cold truth. Hard to come by these parts. Maybe you know a little something about microphones. And also, it sounded like somebody sort of yelling in a room and not really, you know, not really achieving the sound those microphones used to make back in the day. None of this is easy, and there's some engineering involved, and I realize that as I say all of this. But without it, it took me out quite a bit and made me, I don't know, not, not I think not enjoy it as much as I might have. But yeah, overall, conceptually, you were my favorite. Execution-wise, not quite there, but there's there's room to grow. Thank you, Scott. Uh, Jenny, what did you think of the ivory microphone? Well, it almost worked for me because it actually the voice itself was the thing that drew me in, right? I was like, ooh, we're getting noir, yeah. Um, but it's either you have to make it work in the world. So either have another character call it out and be like, buddy, it's 2021 or 2022. What are you doing? Right? Or have everybody live in the time. I wasn't clear what decade we were actually in, but there were certain like linguistic things that made me think it was like right now. Uh, And also in terms of information delivery, sometimes the private investigator was the one that told you about the people he was talking about. And sometimes like the suspect did. So I was like a little confused about who was giving what information. Um, But I really, I will give you big points for, I love the framing and the structure of a MacGuffin mystery and uh, going from person to person to solve it. This held my attention. I, If it was the first episode of a podcast, I don't know if I would go back to the second episode because I was like, I, it didn't all fall into place for me, but I really, it has a lot of potential, right? Uh, it needed like a little more attention to the world building, which I know, week one, that's hard. Thank you, Jenny. Justin, what'd you think? I'm not going to belabor the point too much on the fact that the premise is a bit of a bear. Um, not only are you locking yourself into a situation where you have a one heavy acting role in in the the the, the detective, uh, but also you're you're creating a world. I do think that you guys did create a uh, incredibly create the world where I never had a reason why I was like questioning why they were going to talk to somebody else. I got the convention of the way that these gumshoe mysteries normally go. And I will say that the fact that you guys isolated, uh, you guys were able to isolate all of these different people and ask them questions allowed me to get to what I was really judging all this on, which is, do I remember anything about any of you people by the time that uh, the file gets to, to uh, the end? And I did. So uh, good good on you for that. The one thing that I will very much laud you on is that far and away, you guys had the best sound design. So uh, that is something very hard. It's very thankless. It's, it takes a lot of fussing and teasing to get stuff right. I thought that you guys were, were, were the best with that this week. Thank you, Justin. All right. Ivory Microphones, thank you very much. We'll get back to you as well. Let's get to our third team, the Questionable Champions. Hello, hello. Hello, and that's uh, Kelly Key, Bill, and uh, our third Sean, Sean White, because we have a run on Sean's at the store this time around. Uh, Kelly, we'll start with you as a project manager. Tell me how your team's working together. It sounds like you guys hit it off. 
We did. It was a lot of fun. Oh, first, I have a question, though. Can you actually hear my heart beating in the microphone? Because it's very loud in my ear. I'm just just checking. You sound good. Okay. Yeah, you okay. sound just fine. Yes. All right. All right. I won't worry about that then. Um. Yeah. No, we... Uh, it was rough at first because we were trying to get together and poor Bill was double booked. And, and then we got together and we started talking and joking and just having a great old time. You'd listened to uh, previous episodes before, right? I, I did. As soon as you said, congratulations, you're in the contest. I was like, I better do some research. <laughs> so you didn't listen before you applied. Oh, I love this. I love this uh, bravery on your part. Bravery. We call it stupidity around here. Let's talk about this wacky game show. Uh, <laughs> we also champion. almost went noir, so we lucked out. I know. It, it's funny how much that came up in uh, Tom time with everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me about the concept of questionable champions. Well, we were trying to find a way to get across the facts without just saying them. So um, Sean came up with the game show thing, and we're like, that sounds like so much fun. Key, uh, so this one relied a lot on sound design mm-hmm. to make it work. What kinds of cal- uh, challenges did you have with that? Well, there was a lot of trying to decide how to um, really differentiate between having, you know, dialogue that's, you know, it present or like out in the open mm-hmm. and the inner dialogue. I kind of early on had this idea of having kind of like a music backer that didn't really match with anything else so that it kind of stood out. Uh, let's get to our judges. We're going to start off with Jenny. Oh, hello. Uh, first of all, I love everybody's enthusiasm this week. Like I really enjoy everything that you're bringing to this. You all sound fresh faced and enthusiastic. Uh, and I just can't wait to see what you all produce. Now, that being said, my uh, first review of this episode is what is happening? Because <laughs> like I, 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 there's a phrase uh, that is used often in our house uh, when things are so overcomplicated to the point where they just become like unintelligible, which is you say, oh, this is just bananas on bananas or a hat on a hat. And it's just like too many things are happening. This podcast was like bananas on bananas on bananas on bananas on bananas on bananas on bananas. <laughs> it's really hard for me to remember anything at all about all of you because the process of the game show I guess is what it was got in the way and there was just like a lot of like someone's and like there's just a lot going on it's always help helpful at some point before you begin uh like after you've written but before you begin recording to go look at the thing and be like now what can we take out I want to unpack that phrase because it is a comedy writing phrase hat on a hat because what it usually refers to in the concept of creating an idea is that somebody wearing one hat is just a person wearing a hat. You can tell a lot about it from a fedora to a yarmulke to a sombrero to a construction hat with two beers in it. But when you put another hat on top of it, it only takes away from the first thing. And that's really what we have here. We have, we have a ton of energy. But then we also have an inner monologue. But then we also have a game show. This is not a a slam in terms of the talent on this team. I know for a fact that there's a ton of talent on this team. However, in another season, somebody from this team would have been gone home. 
I feel like a lot of this is on me as the writer. The initial like inner monologue, the and then us going into the the game show elements and such. Uh, I think I got a little too wrapped up in trying to tell a story behind it without shoehorning information into it. That I think the the information gathering portion of it just kind of got lost. Whenever you're doing these things, just remember what is my purpose. What do I yeah. want to do? And and it's very easy, especially when you try comedy, when when you go into comedy or or anything else really though, that you can want to add too many racing stripes and too many fins and too many you can get caught up in the little details because when especially when you're starting out, those are the things that you remember in other things that you've heard. And then you realize really to me the difference between an amateur and a pro is realizing that this isn't about the bells and whistles. It's about how the how a a a podcast, how a movie, a TV show can make me care about those bells and whistles when they need to matter. Yeah, and that's that's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to be on here. And I'm just trying to. Uh, I I feel like I'm the on the low end of the spectrum for the talent in this, in the show. And I want to try to prove myself. And I think I just overdid it a bit, but don't worry about Get it. Off. Suck it up. And, and you're going to yep. be, you're going to be yeah. great next time. Uh, Scott, I actually thought the sound work was really good in this. Um, I liked it better than the other two. And there's, there's some disagreement with the judges on that, but I, I feel pretty strong about your sound work that it was really good. Even though you had mic differences, that's a challenge to get over that stuff on, in this competition in particular. Uh, as everyone knows, we're all in different places and we're all, you know, working on different stuff and it's hard to make that all mesh. And I thought you guys did a pretty good job of that. I think it's a lot to try to attempt that much comedy in a scripted thing like this and have it not be comedy week. Um, that's going to be a, it's going to be a fun week. It always is. It's always kind of the worst mm-hmm. thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody struggles with it, but I just think this was maybe just a little too much of that. Um, so um, if I had any like, you know, suggestions here, it would be the next, you know, if you have another challenge like this, look for some cohesion and some story that is followable and look for, you know, characterization that are, that is relatable. Otherwise it just feels a little, a little whack, too wacky for its own good. And I like wacky, but this, this was some wacky that was hard to follow. Uh, very good. Thank you, Scott. And uh, thank you, questionable champions. Uh, let's uh, take a look here at the scores. So the first episode, let's tell you how the judges uh, judge all these things. Um, every week, they've got some specific ones or standard ones that they judge everything on every week, creativity, entertainment value, and sound quality. And then uh, some flexible ones that get changed depending on what the challenge is. This week, it was writing, editing, sound design, and how much we learned about contestants. And of course, there's also judges' choices. Jenny mentioned what the, what the specific thing is that they're looking for in uh, each of your submissions. We total all those up. We do the math, and uh, this week's winner, Ivory Microphone. Congratulations, guys. You guys took the top spot this week. Casey, Jason, Tripp, and Sean. Yeah, go Ivory Mike. Wow. (laughs) Well done, guys. Good job, guys. Uh, The stuff you did put together did well, so congratulations. And uh, here, here. Um, And I think really what it did come down to is how well everybody felt like they knew you after your episode. Um, You guys, sound design-wise, won it for me with the coin flip after the parked (laughs) car. 
The coin flip to the park car and the off mic cheap bastard. Cheapskate. That's that's good shit. That that is that is stuff that that does not happen. You can f you can screw that trying to do that up very easily. And you guys did a good job with it. Yeah, and, and also this one was hella close. Like uh, really uh, someone was, yeah. sneezes, and it would have been another team. So you know, like it, so, it, don't it, feel too good about yourself. Like yeah. if you're thinking <laughs> really that you're I mean, doing like, good, I just know had that two winners this week. So I don't want anyone else feeling bad because it was literally a shave and a haircut. And our losing team this week is questionable champions. So sorry, guys. Uh, you did come in with the lowest score this week for your show. Uh, but look, I mean, the good news is this is um, uh, uh, an L that you guys come back from because nobody's going home this week. So you guys do get a chance to dust yourself off. See what uh, see what you did. Uh, think about what you did. Hey, it's <laughs> and, only up uh, from here. It's only up yeah, from here. Exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, I don't want anyone feeling bad. Nobody should feel yeah. bad. This is sorry, a judge to the team. Okay, this is week one. Lay it out all, all all out on the field. See what happens. Go back, readjust. Do not feel bad. Do not take blame. Do not. This is not a blame game. This is a learning competition. Okay, so don't feel bad. Uh, I'll exactly. I'll say this. Um, I am under the operating uh, uh, assumption that Bill Meeks on this team is going to win this contest because I know how talented he is. <laughs> so. Uh, I'm, I'm going to check in the mail, Justin. Thank you. I, I, look, I'm going to unfairly put this pressure on you because I think uh-huh. it'll, it'll, it'll be more interesting to even up the stakes, but, uh, uh, there's a lot of talent on this team and this one sucked and it's fine because everybody makes things that sucks. Uh, the, the, the key is to refine and listen and be honest because what I heard when I heard this podcast wasn't necessarily a lack of talent or skill. I heard a lot of talent and I heard a lot of skill. I heard an idea that was allowed to run way too far because nobody wanted to say this is chaotic and, and, and I don't get it. And everybody was probably having too much fun with each other and didn't know the handle on, on when to say, Hey, we got to rein this in or redo it. Uh, That that's what I heard with it. And so uh, it's going to be very easy for somebody to get sent home on this on this show. It happens all the time that don't deserve it, and it just so happens that they didn't communicate the right way. Communication, I think, was your enemy here, and that's why you're last. And uh, listen, we can keep buttering Bill up, and at some point, I'm hoping that he creates a uh, ANTP fan podcast. Yeah, do that. <laughs> I think it's mean. I think it's mean to say that that Bill's going to win because, like, now, like, like, he can't be the yeah, underdog. The pressures, like. Yeah, he's the tall poppy, basically. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now everyone's going to be coming for him. Thank God they I'm don't here have for the challenge. Voting. Bring it. Let's get to next week's challenge. Uh, fiction was fun. Your audio fiction was fun, but it's not the only type of storytelling that we do in podcasts. Nonfiction storytelling is massively popular in the podcasting world, and it's all over the place. There are weekly shows like This American Life, which approach nonfiction from a journalistic angle. There are serial programs like Serial, which take an investigative approach to one story over multiple episodes. 
and their historical podcasts like the podcasts Lore or Throughline or even Justin's Raise the Dead. While these podcasts can take different approaches to their content and tackle different subject matters, the one thing they all have in common is scripted, well-read storytelling. So, this week's challenge is nonfiction storytelling and script writing, and you're going to need to overcome that challenge by making a history podcast. You'll need to find a topic, do the research, write up a script for an engaging narrative about your topic, and read that script in a way that sounds natural. In other words, just don't sound like you're reading from a script. Make it feel like it's an episode in a larger series, and of course, as usual, keep the episode to 10 minutes or less piece of cake, right? Uh, Also, last week, we picked your project manager, and you guys picked all the other roles. But this time, you're going to be working together to assign everybody's role. So you're going to pick a project manager, you're going to pick a writer, editor. And uh, the only rule about that, and this applies going forward every week, while you're still in teams anyway, the same person can't hold the same role two weeks in a row. So all you project managers, you're going to be something else. And all you writers, you're going to be something else, et cetera. Uh, Questionable champions, as this week's lowest team, you don't lose a member, but you are going to have a penalty to contend with. Uh, The subject of your history podcast must come from the 1500s. So even if you do something that is extends over multiple centuries, it has to originate in the 1500s. And we did a little bit of research beforehand and we saw a bunch of cool stuff that happened in the 1500s. So (laughs) you guys, uh, even though you're limited to starting in a century, I think you guys will have plenty to work with there. Uh, Get to it. Good luck. Create us some great history podcasts, and we'll listen to them next week. Uh, On behalf of the entire team behind America's Next Top Podcaster, this is Brian Abitz saying thanks for listening. We'll see you next time right here on America's Next Top Podcaster. America's Next Top Podcaster is hosted and created by Brian Ibbett. Hammond Chamberlain is our executive producer. The show is written and edited by our producer, Bobby Frankenberger. Alex Albisu conducts our post interviews and is our Patreon manager. Social media community manager is me, Monica Stone. Thanks to all our patrons and sponsors. And most of all, thank you for listening. For more information, go to America's Next Top Podcaster.com. <laughs>